Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to Polygamy, What Love Is This? I'm your host, Doris Hansen, and on this show we discuss Mormon polygamy from every angle we can think of and everyone we can find and continue to ask the question, was it God or was it Joseph Smith who commanded polygamy? Before we get started, we want you to know we help people escape polygamy and we help them to know and be at rest that God will never be disappointed with them or angry with them for leaving a polygamy group. You can call our toll-free number 877-425-9993 for a private and confidential discussion of your situation and how we can help you. You can go to our website shieldandrefuge.org for information about our ministry. If you'd like to be on our show and tell your story or if you have questions or comments you can email us at email at whatloveisthis.tv Of course audio version are available of our program. You can download them, find instructions on our main website page, or go to soundcloud.com slash whatloveisthis for instructions on how to do it. And our show also is available on iTunes podcast. Now, normally we have our co-host Earl Erskine with us. He's away on vacation with his family leaving me to do the show alone. He will be back next time, but we do trust and hope that he's having an enjoyable time away. Several months ago, <clears throat> I came across a webpage article which is entitled, Four Reasons Given by Joseph Smith for the Restoration of Polygamy. And the website address is on the screen. I saved the link so that I could refer to it when I was ready to prepare a show on the information that was contained in the article. Then, when I went back to the link, the original article was no longer there, but there are several other articles that are there which incorporate the information. So I thought I would just go ahead and use the original article as the guideline for the program. Now. We, we want you to understand that the, uh, we all recognize the word fake news, and, and it's familiar to most of us. But I find the articles on this website presents fake historical and fake religious explanations. The page is blatantly Joseph Smith, pro-Joseph Smith. The author's faith in Joseph Smith gives him a free pass, it seems, that everything Joseph Smith did was right just because it was Joseph Smith who did it. Now, we take the opposing view, of course, because when we compare biblical doctrine and principles with what Joseph Smith did, it's easy to examine his behavior and quickly realize that Joseph Smith's behavior was diametrically opposed to almost every righteous, honest, and saintly teaching found in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. So we're going to discuss the four points using some of the quotes from the website that supported his reasons for polygamy. Then we'll bring biblical teachings to bear <clears throat> as we discuss why these reasons are unreasonable. 
And as a point of interest, many times we can use Joseph Smith's revision of the Christian Bible to illustrate that Smith himself went against what he recorded as scripture. So the first reason from the reasons given by Joseph Smith for the restoration of polygamy is, and I quote, it was part of the restitution of all things prophesied in Acts 3, 19 through 21. Now those verses in Acts is frequently used by Mormon apologists to explain that Joseph Smith is the person the verses in Acts is prophesying about. Let's read the verses. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sin may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, and he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the time of restitution of all things, which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Now the one who restores all things is Jesus Christ. It is not Joseph Smith. The verse identifies Jesus as the one who restores all things. Joseph Smith and the early Mormons taught that polygamy was an ancient order of marriage, and for some reason it was necessary to restore polygamy to this day and age. I'd like to see some proof of those conclusions, but I have never seen any because I don't think there is any. Orson Pratt explained his reasoning for the restoration of plural marriage when he taught that the first eternal marriage was Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. He said Adam and Eve were immortal beings, therefore their marriage was eternal. Well now if you start with the wrong premise, you're going to end up with the wrong conclusion. And that's what Mormonism has done. Orson, according to Pratt, plural marriage was merely a type of eternal marriage which was the reality. Actually, there's no foundation for that idea in all of scriptures. God created Adam and Eve as physical, mortal beings, and that's exactly what they were in the Garden of Eden. They were united as a mortal man and a mortal woman, woman by God himself, and it was monogamy, not polygamy. There was no priesthood. No so-called priesthood authority ever mentioned in reference to Adam and Eve or to any marriage ever, except, of course, until Joseph Smith came along. The second reason that was given for Joseph Smith polygamy is, and I quote, to provide a customized trial for the saints of that time and place. Now, according to this reason for Mormon polygamy, God decided that's how he could make life as miserable for the people as possible just to see how they stood up under it. Well, that makes the Mormon God into a sadistic monster. The writer claims that polygamy brought trials to the Mormons that provided opportunities for spiritual growth. There's better ways to provide that, I'm here to tell you. He maintains that God brings trials to make us worthy of blessings through obedience. Accordingly, God gave Joseph Smith the command for polygamy to see how obedient they would be. He said, and I quote, Sometimes adherents, God's people, are required to migrate to new lands or to defend themselves against powerful enemies. Missionary work has been universally commanded of God's people in every age, bringing blessings to those who open their mouths, and their obedience was richly rewarded. Now, do people really believe that's how God works? to command the abuse, the lovely practice, the loveless practice of spiritualized adultery 
just so God can test his people so they can maybe earn some blessings? God never commands us to do something that he has previously prohibited. And further, that isn't how humans become eligible for God's blessings. In fact, Jesus said that God blesses both the evil and the righteous. Matthew 5:45, Jesus said, He causes His Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Then the author quotes Helen Mar Kimball, who said, and I quote, The prophet said that the practice of this principle would be the hardest trial the saints would ever have to test their faith. Now, Helen Mar Kimball is reporting what Joseph Smith told her. The poor girl was only 14 years old when he coerced into polygamy. She was at a ripe young age for easy brainwashing. The very fact that those who first heard about polygamy They were scandalized. Some went into depression. Some of them said that it was like an earthquake, rocked their souls. Others said they were horrified at the thought. It tells us that something is dreadfully wrong with polygamy. And the Bible teaches that that God brings good news. The gospel is not horrific, depressing, scandalizing news, but it's good news. In fact, that's what the word gospel means. Polygamy was not good news then, and it isn't good news today. If there was nothing more to prove polygamy is not from God, that alone would be enough. God is the author of good news, so he couldn't be the author of polygamy. Now, as time marched forward, the trial of polygamy was withdrawn when the president of the church, Wilford Woodruff, issued the manifesto to say that plural marriage was no longer binding upon the Mormons. Apostle Joseph F. Smith explained, and I quote, There is a great deal said about our plural marriage. It is a principle that pertains to eternal life. In other words, to endless lives or eternal increase. It is a law of the gospel pertaining to the celestial kingdom, applicable to all gospel dispensations, when commanded and not otherwise, and neither acceptable to God or binding on man, unless given by commandment. Well, he was wrong. Plural marriage is not a law of the gospel. Remember, gospel means good news. What he did say here is that eternal sex with multiple partners is available, but only for exalted Mormons and at certain times. The Mormon church today teaches that Mormon fundamentalists may well be sincere in their convictions, but they are not authorized (coughs) to practice polygamy, so their plural marriages are not valid. But today's polygamists are not following modern Mormon prophets. They are following Joseph Smith, who said polygamy was a new and everlasting covenant, essential for eternal life, necessary to become a god, and obedience was required or God would destroy them. And later on in the show, we have a quote of Joseph Smith saying exactly that. The polygamists are the true followers of Joseph Smith, not today's LDS sect. The third reason given for Joseph Smith's polygamy is this, and I quote, to provide bodies for noble premortal spirits by multiplying and replenishing the earth. Now, I quote again from his article on the website. 
Through these marriages, additional devout families are created into which noble and great pre-mortal spirits can be born, Abraham 3.22. The revelation on celestial marriage affirms they, the plural wives, are given unto him, their husband, to multiply and replenish the earth according to my commandment, that they may bear the souls of men, quoting, uh, referring to Doctrine and Covenants 132.63. Now, there is much wrong with that statement. It's, it's totally incorrect. First, plural marriages do not provide bodies for disembodied spirits. There are no premortal spirits waiting anywhere to get human bodies. What they are inferring here is that those who are of Mormon polygamist heritage can be noble and great. As usual, their doctrine exalts themselves and consigns the rest of the world to lower class humans. And most generational Mormons have a polygamist heritage, so they see themselves as being nobler and greater than the rest of the people on the planet. And the fourth reason is that it states that plural wives are given to their husbands to have babies. Again, the Mormon male mind was that women are just pawns to be given away as they see fit, and a woman's value is based on being a plural wife and having babies. Now, we've discussed the fact that there is no doctrine of premortality of man. There are no spirits hanging around anywhere waiting for a human to get pregnant and give them bodies. God said in Zechariah chapter 12, verse 1, and I quote, The Lord who stretches out the heavens, who lays the foundation of the earth, and who forms the spirit of man within him. Our spirits are formed within us at conception. God says that, that, that He doesn't form or make our spirits some other place by some sexual act by spiritual parents. And when Joseph Smith rewrote the Christian Bible, he made no changes to the passages that teach we did not pre-exist. Then the author of the website makes a profoundly goofy statement, and I quote, it might be observed that the more wives and children that a man has, the less personal time he has to spend with each one. Accordingly, his direct influence is paradoxically diluted. However, it could be argued that his beliefs and righteousness might remain influential as his wives reflect convictions in their interactions with their own children. So the justification for the intense lack of fatherly nourishment in polygamous families is that when he is with them, he will influence his wife and kids enough so that when he's not there, they will have absorbed enough of his righteous influence to be good people. Well, that's not even close to what the Bible teaches about how a man should take care of his family. And in my opinion, it's a stupid attempt to justify the prolonged absences that's necessary for a polygamous father to be away from his children and his other wives. Their claim is that polygamy was restored from ancient biblical times. The word restoration assumes a, a restoration to its original state, but none of Mormon polygamy from Joseph Smith forward reflects the way Old Testament polygamy was practiced except for the pain and the tears. Old Testament-style polygamy has not been restored. But even of that, according to LDS, God has taken away polygamy again. So, will it have to be restored all over again? Can't God make up His mind about polygamy? We can't help but wonder how many times polygamy is going to have to be restored. If polygamy is such a righteous and essential doctrine for the exaltation of man, 
Why does God keep giving it and then removing it and then giving it again? The fourth and final reason Joseph Smith said polygamy was to be practiced and our author says is the most important reason of all and it does not require sexuality on earth. It is to allow all worthy women to be sealed to an eternal husband for their exaltation in the eternal worlds. That's code for this. If not through polygamy, how else can a Mormon man become a god of his own world and eternally produce spirit babies of his own? Now, those who justify the primitive polygamous practices of the Mormon pioneers tweak section 132 to be about eternal marriage rather than plural marriage. In the early days, Mormons understood section 132 to be all about polygamy and only polygamy. If you read the doctrinal treatment and the sermons of those early Mormon preachers of those days, you will understand that's exactly what section 130 is the way they understood it to be, polygamy. Section 132 is Joseph Smith convincing and threatening his wife Emma to let him indulge in plural wifery and using God as his club to do it. The writer said, multiply and replenish is only one of the reasons for polygamy and is not even the most important reason for it. Now, we don't trust the Book of Mormon, but they do. It's the cornerstone of their faith. Yet multiply and replenish is the only reason the Book of Mormon ever suggests that God may allow polygamy. Otherwise, the Book of Mormon condemns it and prohibits it. It's interesting how they add to and take away from their own writings as indiscriminately as they do the Bible. Now, there's not a single passage in all of the Bible or in all of the Book of Mormon or in all of Joseph Smith's revision of the Christian Bible that specifically teaches or even hints that marriage is celestial or eternal. In fact, the opposite is true. Romans Chapter 7, verse 2 is a dogmatic statement that death ends marriage. From this teaching, we can know that the doctrine of eternal marriage or temple sealing is not valid. And because the Bible came first and remains the standard of test for all truth, we use the Bible to judge everything else, including the Book of Mormon and Mormonism. And there is nothing that promotes temple marriages, eternal marriages, eternal increase, polygamous becoming gods, with plural wives having billions of children throughout eternity. Yet these are the reasons given for Joseph Smith's polygamy. It's all just a very cruel myth, a very deadly deception. The context of section 132 is polygamy. All treatment of marriage in section 132 has polygamy as the backdrop. Not eternal marriage, not monogamy. And those who use section 132 to downplay polygamy and upplay eternal marriage are being deceptive. Of course, only they know, they alone know, if they, their deception is on purpose or not. But Mormon polygamy history does not support today's explanation of section 132 by Mormon church apologists. 
Now, the author of the website said that polygamy allows every worthy female to be eternally sealed in, or in marriage in order to avoid damnation. But the Bible says there's only one thing that will damn a human soul, and it has nothing to do with whether or not you're married. It's rejecting the biblical witness of Jesus Christ alone for your salvation of your soul, adding works to a belief in Jesus, hoping to earn an exaltation through those works will damn a soul. Rejecting marriage will damn no one. All true followers of Jesus Christ will believe everything he said. And he said there are no marriages in heaven. And he said that everyone in heaven will be like the angels with no marriage relationships. Now, either that's true and Joseph Smith lied, or it's not true and Jesus lied. That is the only option and it cannot be explained away. And then he says something absolutely astonishing. In the article, he writes that section 132 explains that polygamy is sometimes allowed, but billions of righteous monogamous couples can be exalted without polygamy. Well, first of all, section 132 explains no such thing. He said it did. It doesn't. Someone is reading their own opinions into the text. But if it were true, and billions of righteous monogamous couples will be exalted without polygamy, like he said, why have polygamy at all? Why is polygamy even there? He's taken all this time and trouble to justify early Mormon polygamy and Joseph Smith's polygamy. But now he's trying to explain that it isn't or wasn't even needed. So what's the purpose? And if billions of righteous couples can have Mormon exaltation without polygamy, would God put polygamy in there for some other reason that hasn't been said yet, hasn't been explained? And where did all those billions of married Mormon couples come from? Billions? There's not been that many, nor is there that many Mormon couples on the planet. And what about exaltation? Biblically, there is no foundation for Mormon-style exaltation. In heaven, everyone is equal to everyone else, and those who go to heaven will spend the largest part of eternity exalting God, not living in an eternal state of becoming gods themselves. It just isn't going to happen the way the Mormons believe exaltation is going to be. The entire Bible testifies to that, and the Book of Mormon sure doesn't teach Mormon exaltation through celestial marriage either. The context of eternal marriage or celestial marriage was always polygamy. They were synonymous. And Joseph Smith never talked about celestial marriage before polygamy became a doctrine. That the early Mormon polygamous presidents and apostles preached section 132 in that context of plural marriage. Now for Joseph Smith's quote. 
and I quote, The same God that has thus far dictated me and directed me and strengthened me in this work gave me this revelation and commandment on celestial and plural marriage, and the same God commanded me to obey it. He said to me that unless I accepted it and introduced it and practiced it, I together with my people would be damned and cut off from this time henceforth. We have got to observe it. It is an eternal principle and was given by way of commandment and not by way of instruction. Do you see what he wrote? That's very clear how important polygamy was. And it was synonymous with celestial marriage. It's very clear. Joseph Smith taught celestial and plural marriage was one and the same thing and that God commanded it for all the people and those who refused to practice it would be damned. He said we have got to observe it. Present-day LDS apologists who try so hard to justify the shenanigans of Joseph Smith are only continuing to do what Brigham Young said he would do when he said they would pull the wool over the eyes of the American people, polygamy and all. When you read section 132 in context as well as Mormon history, polygamy and celestial marriage are synonymous until after 1904 when polygamy was banned. Let's finish up with what Jesus said. Now, LDS and polygamists claim they are followers of Jesus Christ. If they are followers of Jesus, why don't they follow what he said? John 18:37, Jesus said this, quote, For this reason I was born, and for this reason I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Yet when it comes to marriage, temples, polygamy, and the preexistence and other doctrines, Mormonism rejects what Jesus taught. They don't listen to him regarding marriage, but accept what Joseph Smith taught instead. But everyone on the side of truth listens to what Jesus said, not what Joseph said. Jesus also said in John 10, 26 and 27, You do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So ask yourself, whose voice are you listening to? You cannot honestly claim to follow Jesus if you don't listen to and believe what he said. Jesus said you don't believe because you're not his sheep which means his followers. If you don't believe and follow what he taught, you don't belong to Jesus. And so we urge polygamists and all of Mormonism to read the New Testament without the Mormon filter. The Bible speaks for itself. It existed long before Mormonism came along to change its meanings. We don't interpret it different uh, than, than what it's meant to be. And as you do this, you'll discover that Jesus finished it for you, that all you need is Jesus. No one needs Joseph Smith or polygamy or Mormonism or marriage or temples or covenants or super obedience or anything or anyone else because Jesus did it all and all is enough and Jesus is enough. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? 
This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.